Hey traders, welcome to the big 20th episode for the Performante podcast. In this one, we'll be going over the big money influxes that are occurring more specifically in this podcast. We'll be going over some of the cryptocurrency news. A lot of the whales that uh, I'm sure you and I are both aware of are shifting their psychology and their thought of what Bitcoin is, how it's perceived, the overall potential uh, usage of BTC is going to uh, play a huge role in my opinion in the next decade. So definitely we will look at some uh, major players that are shifting in terms of how they look at BTC. We'll then go over some of the, uh, I guess you could say companies that are either raising money to buy more BTC, more specifically MicroStrategy. We'll get into that. We'll talk a little bit about Bittrex and their new massive plan to uh, really disrupt the financial system. And then we'll end it off with some COVID discussions. So I'll now pass it over on to Nathan. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in. Keith did a great job summarizing what we'll be talking about so we can just jump right into it. First story we got coming at you guys is the Steve Wozniak cryptocurrency, WozX, skyrockets over 1400%. Uh, for reference, it IPO'd at ten cents, and now it is trading at a dollar forty-six. Uh, it's been available to trade on HBTC, is as its primary exchange where it's experiencing the most liquidity. Uh, but there has been some trading done on Uniswap and SushiSwap, although it is very low volume. So be careful with that. It's crazy to see that this currency has blown up to the magnitude that it has. And I really think that they're trying to cash in on the hype of having a significant Apple team member on board contributing to the project. Although, again, still can't get enough of the fact that they are uh, energy efficiency crypto company and they have a proof of work protocol. There's there's too much irony in that. Yeah, I know. They almost like made it that way just so people talk about it, you know? <laughs> yeah, that could even, maybe it's just a marketing ploy and the exit scams come in. Who knows, right? Oh, I do see uh, really quickly here, the new cryptocurrency attracted $950 million in the first 13 minutes. Uh, yeah, the project's been public and tradable for people for about a week now, but pretty unbelievable. Uh, we're kind of getting that feeling of uh, kind of mid-2017, later 2017 again with these uh, pretty crazy astronomical numbers. Yeah, especially during the time that frame that you mentioned, that 2016-2017 error, we saw basically what was equivalent to tulip mania with all these ICOs popping up. People were making ICOs with absolutely no product, not even a white paper, just a social media account spreading hype. Uh, people were calling these vaporware ICOs. And uh, seeing these pop up and they're trying to maybe ride the clout of Steve Wozniak. So it'll be interesting to see where this project ends up. Uh, we're not advocating that anybody invests or trades this. The decision you make should be your own. It's just interesting to see the prevalence of this cryptocurrency leveraging the big name of the Wazinator. <laughs> so if you are interested in trading it, uh, like I mentioned earlier, Uniswap is at least the decentralized exchange that I use the most frequently. Um, and I use the MetaMask wallet. But um, there has been a phishing scam promoted on Google search ads that promotes an illegitimate version of MetaMask. 
And so hypothetically, if you were to log into this illegitimate copy of MetaMask, your funds would be virtually almost instantly taken because they would use those credentials to log into the real MetaMask and extract all that value. Super nefarious, hate to see it, and ultimately these scammers are just going to keep scamming. You can't, can't teach an old dog new tricks. Well said. Um, like we stated in previous podcasts, if you are not sure what to do, if you are maybe a little bit of a novice in terms of the crypto sphere, please join our Discord. Ask any question because we do have a great community there that does want to help you out and uh, make your life as easy as possible when you are navigating in the cryptocurrency market. So if you have any questions, definitely uh, please join there. If you ever have to question the legitimacy of a project that you are considering investing, the answer is probably don't do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Plain and simple. Very simple. So true. And Love it. Just kind of moving in tune with that. Uh, Mr. Sunshine, I believe his nickname is Mr. Wonderful. Mr. Wonderful. Kevin, yeah. Yeah, Kevin O'Leary. He's always been super bearish on crypto because he thinks it's for scammers, it's illegitimate, it is too volatile, it is illiquid, the list goes on and on. But lo and behold, he came around and he said that he is ready to put 5% of his portfolio into an SEC approved Bitcoin ETF. Obviously, we, there is no Bitcoin ETF available for the market. There are pseudo products offered by Grayscale, etc. But it does not change the fact that he has gone from very, very anti-Bitcoin to I'll put 5% of my portfolio into it, which is a monumental shift in his paradigm towards crypto. And uh, it, I feel like this has been kind of par for the course recently, seeing these big, big names kind of change their perception towards Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies. Yeah, definitely. I'd say one of the most notable was actually Jamie Dimon. If you don't know, he is the CEO of JP Morgan Chase, uh, probably the biggest bank, if not one of the biggest banks in America. And they were bearish for years. 2014, he said, Bitcoin is a terrible store of value. 2015, Bitcoin will not survive. 2016, Bitcoin is going nowhere. 2017, I'm not going to talk about Bitcoin anymore. In 2018, I regret making that <laughs> comment. So funny. And then obviously, we had the bear market from the end of 2017, started 2018. So he got a little bit of an ego pump, I'm sure, with BTC falling to the around, you know, just a little bit over 30, let's say, $200 level, somewhere around there was a low. So at the end of the day, he's wrong. And uh, we do see analysts within his firm actually saying that BTC could triple in value and even challenge gold as a store of value. So what a monumental shift, right? The CEO, the head of the entire organization is absolutely shitting on this asset. And now a lot of the a lot of their analysts, I'm sure within their personal portfolios, have BTC in them. And I'm sure Jamie Dimon has some sort of exposure in crypto too. Obviously, he's not going to tell everyone what he's doing. But in terms of the um, public view that he has, it's completely shifted. Yeah, 100%. Jamie Dimon was even quoted saying he would fire anyone trading it for being stupid. Wow. Which is such an aggressive stance to take, and now he's eating his words. And uh, bless the internet, because now we have a history of how he looked at Bitcoin and now how he's acting. 
That's one thing that I think is a key takeaway is that a lot of these institutions, they're going to present a very different face forward than what they're doing. I think a golden rule when you're looking at these institutions is look what they're doing and not what they're saying. Because within some sense, it's in their best interest to play a game of accumulation. And if they have an anti-crypto stance, then fundamentally that might allow them to get a bigger stack in a period of time before they announce pro-crypto attitude. And so I think that's something that is affecting the market, is that I think there's a lot of anti-crypto behavior that we've seen, but that might not be the full story of how they're acting, how their firms are acting, or kind of how that institutional money is flowing. Because we are seeing massive cash influxes into this asset, stuff that was beyond the hopes and dreams of what people could even conceptualize in 2017. That was like the ongoing meme. Bitcoin would dump from like 16K to 14K. They'd be like, just wait for the institutions. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now the institutions are here and they're buying like 10 times the amount of Bitcoin that's being minted. There's just not enough to go around. And so there's another big player that was kind of, I would say, anti-crypto. And he's definitely not pro-crypto now, but Ray Dalio, we mentioned in the last episode we had, he tweeted out saying he thinks that he may have missed something in Bitcoin. And he did have some problems that he listed with crypto, primarily being that if it ever gets too big uh, and threatens sovereign currencies, the government will just ban it or make it dangerous to use which is, in some sense, I guess, a fair point, um, but it's not something that can really get banned because of the decentralized structure. Uh, if governments really got threatened by Bitcoin and that shift of value, the most effective weak point or bottleneck would be the exchange for fiat. Because it's not like the network can be, it's not like the Bitcoin network can just suddenly get shut down. Um, onloading and offloading into fiat would be the biggest weak point, but we're seeing Square, we're seeing Grayscale, we're seeing MicroStrategy, we're seeing BlackRock put in collectively over billions of dollars into cryptocurrency. And it's not like the US government is suddenly going to be like, oh, sorry, like, <laughs> you can't exchange that for dollars now. They would effectively cripple a very significant portion of their own economy if they outlawed it. Like, how do you think PayPal would feel if they suddenly enabled cryptocurrency for their 300 million users and were like, oh, but now you own Bitcoin and you're stuck long. Like, you can't exchange that for dollars again. Like, it's just fundamentally not a feasible idea to ban Bitcoin. It just doesn't work. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Also, t touching on a little bit, the fact that there's a shift in the... I guess you could say the individuals in parliament and government, and I think we are switching and moving towards a more blockchain-friendly environment. So I think it's only going to grow. Yeah, I think that within the realm of how our politics is structured, I think that there is a very large upside as more people get replaced, new people come into new positions with different perspectives on how global finance is structured, like... Joe Biden recently appointed, what was his name? Um, appointed somebody to the head of commerce and business. 
and he is publicly pro-crypto. He's given lectures on XRP Ripple at Harvard, applications of blockchain, like very publicly open crypto. And now he's one of the big head honchos in Washington. And so as time goes on, I think we're definitely going to continue to see not only this paradigm shift among the big money Wall Street, but also in the implementation side of things in parliament and how government is structured. I'm thinking uh, Roger Ferguson or Gensler. It might be Gensler. Yeah, was it Gary Gensler? Yeah, I think it was Gary Gensler. Yeah, that was his name. Yeah. Too many names to remember in this space. Oh my god. Um, and so just to cover another story, we talked about it last night, I believe, and we said that MicroStrategy owns 40,824 Bitcoins after they bought 50 million more. And they said they want to buy 400 million more in Bitcoin. So that would basically be doubling their effective stack, pushing them over 80,000 Bitcoins. Um, they're doing this via basically a public offering for qualified institutional buyers. Um, it will be exchanged cash for Class A shares starting in December. I'm not sure when that December is, though. That's pretty big. Um, but... Early 4th? Um, bought more cryptocurrencies. They bought it on December 4th, but I don't know when. Oh, that, gotcha. Um, just another big name that's accumulating. Love to see it. Again, drastically different than the last bull run, where I think that was largely fueled by the market cycles and FOMO. Institutions weren't as prevalent as a factor. And now we still have market dynamics, namely the halving. We still have FOMO. Although FOMO hasn't really kicked in that much, but now we have that institutional buying pressure where they are buying more Bitcoin than can be created by the miners, which it's crazy to say. Like if you told people, if you could hop into DeLorean, turn back time, go back to 2016 and say in four years time, PayPal will be buying by themselves more Bitcoin that's being mined, they probably wouldn't believe you. Just because we've seen such a monumental shift. And one more news story here to wrap up the news section before we jump into our COVID economic outlook is a very groundbreaking story coming out of Bittrex Global which is a crypto exchange based in Bermuda. And as of today, December 7th, they launched uh, tokenized stock trading, meaning that on their platform, you can purchase, trade, and invest in the following tokenized stocks. Tesla, S&P 500, Alibaba, Beyond Meat, Pfizer, Apple, Facebook, Google, Netflix, Amazon, and others. And that's crazy. Straight up, this is revolutionary because it introduces accessibility as one factor because this allows people not in the U.S. to gain exposure in a U.S. markets without needing an external broker. And it will be done for less fees because if you look at like your traditional stock bro brokers, maybe they're charging $5 per buy, $5 per sell, maybe even $10 if you're getting scammed, these <laughs> these people, Bittrex, it's on their standard crypto trading fees. So you're probably looking at 0.01% buy, 0.01% sell. 
Also depends if you are market entering and exiting always. Um, and these markets are 24 7 365, which is a very interesting dynamic because the stock market is not 24 7 365. Even futures stop on weekends. And so now that we're going to have these pseudo products, it's going to call into question which came first, the chicken or the egg. Mm -hmm. If some drastically bad news comes out about Tesla on the weekend, maybe they've got slaves working in their factory, just a PR nightmare. Hypothetically, that stock shouldn't drop until pre-market trading. But if we have a tokenized version of Tesla that is traded literally 24-7, 365, then that could become the market leader for where the price will end up. Because obviously, right now, that's the relationship between futures and equity equities. If something ha happens between hours, the futures will drop, and then the equities open basically where the futures are. And so if we have, let's call it, crypto futures tracking equities over the weekend between market hours, then it has the opportunity to reflect the real price of the asset. And so not only does it increase accessibility, but it could also increase price accuracy. I guess that would be the right word. Mm -hmm. I'm not really sure how to describe that, but with these tokenized stocks, it's just another financial instrument. Basically, I'd consider it one step past futures. Oh, def I would definitely say so. Yeah, it's, it's more efficient. And the fact that you're able to trade them anytime and they're more automated with smart contracts, you don't need as much uh, human interaction, which is obviously cheaper and it's more automated. Who doesn't love that, right? So yeah, pretty unbelievable news. As well as you may or may not have mentioned the fact that these are actually uh, fractional shares that you can purchase. So you don't have to purchase a single share of Amazon. You could purchase... 20% of an Amazon share. So then that accessibility is just opening the door even more for people who may not have the capital to invest in an Amazon share um, or m more or less trade. It's not really a an investment. And Nathan and I were talking about uh, how I believe Robinhood does that as well, where they have uh, some sort of uh, split of the shares where you don't get actual whole shares, you get fractions. But for Bittrex, they're actually going to be holding the shares, so it will be backed one-to-one -one with the traditional underlying asset. So the holders actually are entitled to this asset. It says, I believe here, um, the uh, purchasers are entitled to the same economic benefits of owning the underlying stock. So if that is the case, I wonder how dividends are actually going to be paid out. That would be pretty interesting to, to learn more about, because if they are going to get the entire benefit economically of owning the underlying stock. Theoretically, they should get the dividend if they are going to get paid for it. So that's going to be interesting to see. And while I was, while, while you were talking about it, I was actually thinking this one specific thing. Insider trading is going to be so prevalent in this. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, honestly. Because like the, a lot of the reason why you can't really, you could, but it's, you can't really insider trade as much if the market is only six and a half hours a day open, right? And there's a lot more regulation when it comes to equities. But in Bittrex, in these third world countries, you could really jump through a lot of hoops in order to really never get yourself found, in my opinion, in, in, in this type of situation. And I would never, ever recommend anyone to do this. But in terms of for people that are looking for opportunities for... <laughs> 
<laughs> in short, really, uh, to, to kind of have insider trading as an option, this is like a, a pretty perfect situation. So I don't know how the regular readers are going to look at this, but I think that's going to be a main, it's going to be one of the main issues that uh, are going to arise. Yeah, Elon Musk is going to register for a Bittrex account short 100x and smoke Kush on Joe Rogan's show again. <laughs> Get up to some uh, misactivity like that, no doubt. Would be crazy and, to see. <laughs> yeah, and so just to finish this episode off, uh, me and Keith were having a discussion before this podcast. We read some news today that specifically Canada will be receiving their COVID vaccines or the first round of Pfizer early next week, which is incredible news for all those people who will be looking to get the vaccine right away. I think long-term are their first target, frontline workers, et cetera, et cetera. But the fact that vaccines will be distributed within 2020 is nothing short of incredible because that paints a very positive picture for 2021. I personally did not expect the vaccine to be completed and safe within 2020 and i got proven wrong let's call it and it's going to be distributed and used within 2020 before this crazy year is over and so that paints a very positive picture for the economic outlook they say that stock market reflects speculation of what will be happening in six months and as of right now we are trading very close to all-time high let alone where we will be six months from now we're at a period of time where like speculation is high sure there's money printing but for a while the primary concern was covid we saw those march sell-offs we saw the market sentiment go extreme fear all because of covid people were fearful that the stock market would crash on the second wave the second wave is here yeah we're not meant to be going whatever but a vaccine and that kind of path towards normal is in sight. Yeah, just imagining where the current markets are now and then where there will be, where they will be at a certain point when a certain amount of people maybe receives them or there's news. It's always usually by the rumor, sell the news. But uh, yeah, I definitely think that uh, if this is going to be rolled out in Canada, obviously it's just inevitable until the rest of the world slowly gets their vaccine so um well yeah we're, we're pretty bullish on 2021 that is definitely for sure on crypto as well as kind of the overall market I, I, us dollars plummeting i i don't see it absolutely reviving just because the only time global investors would look at going all in or significant amounts of capital into the dollar and when the is when there is immense fear and uncertainty in the market and if there's a vaccine well that's a huge portion of the uncertainty for 2021 completely gone right business is going to open back up things will slowly get back to quote-unquote what you call normal um so i would be very hesitant on being a big bear right now yeah i think although it's winter i think it's hibernation time for the bears or no i guess that is the correct saying it's winter so it's hibernation time for the bears we're very bullish on crypto heading into 2021 and economic news i see no reason to be bearish on any of the major indices unless some crazy fundamental factor gets involved 
we're seeing the weakening of the dollar, we're seeing inflation of the US dollar, and when that happens, asset prices go up. And when COVID vaccine ha happens, asset prices go up. It's uh, It feels like there's a lot of bullish confluence within both the cryptocurrency sector as well as the equities. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I would say extremely good way to end it off. Uh, just a last thing to know, I kind of want to know what you guys and girls think. Uh, me and Nathan were talking about Bill Gates. A lot of people think that he's a person who just created Microsoft and um, is obviously the richest person in, or the second richest person in the world uh, behind Mr. Jeff Bezos there. But uh, there are some rumors, there are some uh, discussion going around the internet talking about him uh, basically being like an evil genius and trying to implant microchips into people and kind of control civilization. I don't agree. I think um, he's being a little bit... Uh, how do you say it lightly? Um, like more wholesome. Yeah, I believe he's a more wholesome individual than what a lot of people are thinking. And his parents have some connection to like the Rockefellers and all these big names. But at the end of the day, um, I, usually the, the simplest answer is not correct. But um, trying to elaborate on this crazy scheme that he's trying to take over world domination is, I think, a little bit far-fetched. But uh, we'd really like to know what you think. So... Drop them in the comments. If you've never heard about that, just let us know. And if you have uh, a different idea, if you think he's a, an evil nemesis and he should be taken down and um, all that stuff, tell us why. I'd like to know. Yeah, I think that's a great way to finish the episode. Or if you have any topics that you'd like us to talk about, let us know. Reach out on the Discord. Drop it in the comments. Surely by now you know how to contact us. Thanks for tuning in to the 20th episode of the Performante podcast. Uh, this evening is December 7th, and I hope you have a wonderful